All right. Hey, welcome to the Allison Park Leadership Podcast. Um, as always, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Dave, and my name is Jeff. We're glad you've joined us today. Yeah. Uh, should we introduce ourselves a little bit? So I'm, <laughs> I'm the lead pastor at Allison Park Church. Dave is the campus pastor at Allison Park's Northside Campus. We're one church in five locations across Western PA, and uh, we're glad you've joined us for this podcast today. Do we have any five-star reviews to give people shout-outs today? We do. We do want to say thank you to our <clears throat> listeners, but especially to those who have given us uh, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So we want to say thank you to Levi LaFleur, to Aaron Sierra, to CWB at 150, and to Stephen Call 102. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, we would love to give you a shout out as well. If you've not had the chance to leave a five star review, you can do that. If you've already left one, you can grab your mom's phone or your friend's <laughs> phone. Then maybe they don't know how to leave a five star review. So you can just snag that for us. And we would we would love to have you do that because it just it helps us to, yeah, to, to spread the word and have more people hear about us. So thank you for what you do. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Today I'm dragging a little bit, I gotta say, because <laughs> I've been getting less sleep than normal yes. since our last Oh, we podcast. forgot to make the announcement, right? Oh, I think we might have already. Have we know. done it? So baby James has been born into the world. Yes. Yeah, so Dave is a dad. Come yeah. on. And so far, Dave and Sarah have gotten a chill baby. Congratulations. Yes. Sleeping in, in, at night. In more ways than one. We were he's hanging out together chilly. with the grandson yesterday, watching a soccer game, and he didn't cry a minute for like three hours. <laughs> like, this is just not fair. Yeah, that's a blessing. He's he certainly didn't chill. get your DNA in that way, Dave, no. because you were a difficult baby. So was Sarah. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Yeah. So he's 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 a great baby, just having a little trouble keeping his body temp up, but we're, we're good so far. So. Yeah. Thankful, but I, you know, just praying for some rest and sleep because <laughs> they still wake up a lot. Yeah, and even with them being chill. Anyway, okay, so you're gonna make it exciting. through this. I'm gonna, gonna make it through it. We're ready. We're ready to go. Yeah. Um, today we're gonna talk about sort of a brand new phenomenon that I, I hadn't even really heard of until recently, but as I understand that it's kind of, you know, making its rounds through social media and the media in general, and it's this phenomenon that's called quiet quitting. Yes. Had you heard of this before I sent you that? I, I had heard of it recently, so I guess it's a phenomenon. That, so already there is you can you can see this all over the place. Uh, companies are having a hard time finding employees, and there is uh, definitely the employee has the upper hand right now, the leverage in the market because uh, so many people are changing jobs, looking for a, a better uh, option, and there's just a lot of turnover. Um, and so you might have a favorite restaurant. I won't name the chain. For me, that I go to all the time, and sometimes you show up there, and the, then the line is like ungodly long, and you know they don't have enough workers there, and whoever's back there is working like crazy to get all these orders out. They're probably not being paid enough for the amount of pressure they're under, and so this has created uh, a, a desire for employers to keep their employees around at whatever cost it takes, right? And and because there's transition going on. And because of that pressure that um, that companies are under, there is this thing that's now been developed called quiet quitting, which is, I guess, sort of slowly quitting before you actually leave. It's actually not even that. Okay. The, the, the name um, is the name is a little misleading. Okay. What quiet quitting is is it is quitting the hustle mentality. It is okay. Doing so the it's bare a bra- so doing your job at the least level possible. Yes. Forever. It, yes. It's it's deciding okay. that I thought it was like I know I'm going to leave here, so I'm just going to slowly reduce my effort until I transition. It sounds like that, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, there, there's okay. other other names for, names for it: uh, corporate coasting, reverse hustle. But it's it's this okay. idea that like I am going to quietly 
do the bare minimum for my job because I'm done with work taking over my life. Um, I want to protect my mental health and boundaries and, and it's crazy. So it's created a lot of uh, buzz because there are strong proponents from both sides. There's people that are, okay. you know, the hustle mentality and grinding and putting in 70 hour weeks is unhealthy. And it's led to the mental health crisis that we have today and breakdowns in the workforce. And then you have other people that are like, you know, quiet quitting. It's really like you're, you're starting to quit on life. If you're not going to try this, then you're like just sort of turning in your resignation towards trying at anything. Mm. Um, so it, there's, there's a bus. And I think, so what, what's interesting about it, I guess another interesting facet is that, so they say about when Gallup did a survey, they said about 50% of Americans have decided to quiet, quiet quit. 50%? 50%. Yeah. And it, it's, it's been stable for a few years as to, it's, it's how many people are actively engaged and how many are actively disengaged. And it's like, if you're neither, you're really not engaged, but you're not disengaged. You're not about to quit but you're not really trying that hard, then you're just doing the bare minimum for your job, which uh-huh. is where 50% say they are. Wow. And it's increasing in Gen Z and millennials. It's, yeah. it's been up six six percentage points in just wow. a couple of years. Wow. So okay. it's, it's something so that's this, interesting to talk through. Is this a post-pandemic reality, or is this something that is been kind of growing regardless of what had happened with the pandemic? It would have already arrived well, here. I mean... Because I, I, know, I know the workplace changed, right? So people realized that they could stay at home and get their job done. A lot of companies provide that option, which means that you might have a full-time job and be being paid for 40 hours, but actually not be working 40 hours. Sure. And just accomplishing the objectives because you're at home. Right. I guess that's, I, I, I guess one of the perks, I guess that it's true. Right. So is this, is this a COVID post COVID reality or is this just life in 2022? Well, so what, what the, what, what they were suggesting in this article that I read is that this seems like it's not going anywhere in the American workforce. So okay. it, it is a post-pandemic reality because, so what's probably uh, amplified it is that people are working from home and that companies need workers more. But it's also a reality of if you get the bare minimum done in the amount of time you have allocated, it's right now most employers don't have a good way to track to see what you're doing with your time, as long as you're hitting those marks. So it's, it's, it's a big complicated thing. And yeah. So some, some, I guess some questions are, is this, can you do that with integrity? That's one question. Sure. Can you quiet quit and be a follower of Jesus? Is it a good thing or is being, is it healthy? Is, is, is quiet quitting part of being a good follower of Jesus? Yeah. Well, cause (laughs) I, I think, I think part of it is, are you seeing the American hustle mentality of work, work, work? Is that sort of uh, a symptom of materialism? Is that just you're trying to prove yourself and you're well? Clearly, it is out? a clearly it is a uh, privilege of affluence. Sure. So I can't imagine how my grandparents, who you know, my grandpa came over in like the 1910s uh, from Italy as a little boy. Um, well, by the time he hit adulthood, was in the middle of the Great Depression. He was an Italian immigrant with very few skills to speak of. Um, ended up working in a blue collar job typesetting for the Erie Times, trying to survive. You know, financially, I don't think he had the option. Quiet quitting. No, <laughs> he mm-hmm. just in order to eat that he had to work. So it was like, um, I think the, the the Great Depression generation and then World War II, right? That came in the forties. 
they would look at quiet quitting like, what are you talking about? Because yeah. for them, uh, the grind, uh, the hustle mentality was part of being in a, in a war. It's part of being in a depression. It's part of trying to, to raise your family and survive financially. So it clearly we've been through a generation of complete and total blessing, tremendous affluence in Western culture. And, the, and yet, I will say that the, probably the culture my grandpa came from in Italy, or the culture that me, your mom, Melody, my wife grew up in, was a siesta culture, right? So when we went to visit Italy, even in the mountains of the poor villages my family was from, we went in the middle of the afternoon where everything was shut down so they could all take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> so there was built into some of the cultures around the world, still is today, uh, hustle, but pause, and then hustle, but pause. Mm-hmm. Even in even in, in agricultural settings, you know, in the heat, the hot part of the day, you put your sombrero over your eyes, you know, and you take a little nap, and then whenever it cools down, you go back out and work again. So I think there's been some rhythms as a part of other cultures that are not Western, you know, drive, 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 drive kind of culture. But it does seem to be unique to the climate of today, yep. right? Especially for the younger generations. What are the generations that you named? Gen Z and millennials. Yeah, yeah. and there's that there's that desire. Work is not who I am. It's just something that I do. I don't want to take up my life anymore. I'm not trying to beat out the competition. I'm just going to do just enough at work. To and get by. yet, there's a ton of people out there who have side hustles. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> maybe some of the quiet quitters have side hustles too. Right. So, so yeah. is that like taking advantage of your employer's the liberties your employer gives you to actually make money on the side on your employer's time? Is a side hustle something you do after you put your forty hours in, and you do a side hustle on the side, or are people actually using company time to do their side hustles? Yeah. Interesting. So where do you want to start on this? <laughs> because whole thing? you don't sense that there are people saying, I really don't care about money. No, no, no. What they're saying is, I really don't want to have to work that hard. I don't want to have to invest my life to do more for the big man, for the boss. But I want to take my time to make my own side hustle. Sure. Yeah. So where, where do you want to start with this whole thing? <laughs> I, I don't know. where. Do you, so I guess I'm going to let you ask the questions I have a bunch of questions myself because this is kind of new to me, but I also have some thoughts about what's good for your character and what's not good for your character from a personal point of view. Yeah. Uh, character and mental health are two different things though. Sure they are. Yeah. Okay. So then let's, let's just, let's just re reintroduce the tension okay. between generations, generational philosophies, and then we can start to ask some questions from there. I think the summary of the two, two viewpoints we have probably your generation, which is very much like, uh, very much hustle. And I mean, you read that book that you're talking about 10x, which is like, just work 10 times harder than the guy next to you. And you're going to get rich no matter what, because yeah. nobody else puts in that kind of work. Right. And it's like Grant Cardone. Yeah. Bust your butt. Which you know? I would say I didn't agree with most of what I read there. Sure. It was sort of motivating in some way, but I, I felt this, this, feels like a sickness. Sure. <laughs> so the 10X, seriously, I did. I, like, I believe in hard work and I believe in being faithful to your job, but I'm not necessarily thinking that the 10X pressure is for everybody. Okay. All right. So so you have your generation, which is, which is bust your butt, make something of yourself, accomplish something with your life and your career. And possibly from the perspective of a millennial or Gen Z, it, it might skew towards workaholism. 
And then I would imagine the other viewpoint that maybe it's from your viewpoint looking down, you know, Gen Z and millennials are very focused on work-life balance and putting in, you know, the right amount and then closing your computer right at five and, you know, don't sacrifice your family for your career and whatever else. But then there's this other flip side. If workaholism is the one end of the spectrum, the other side might be Laziness. hosting. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. laziness, coasting. Or, or and, maybe dishonesty, like you're saying one thing and you're doing something else, like you're promising a certain amount of commitment to your employer, but you're fudging a little bit. Um, so I guess that would be the worst side of it. You could maybe be doing your job, but just doing it at your own pace. That may not be necessarily dishonest. Or if your employer has bought off on your flexibility, and he was like, look, I don't care. Just get this done. And if you have a side hustle or you take a nap, I don't care as long as this is done. If that's an agreed upon thing, then that's a wonderful flexibility that you've been given. Yeah. So I guess there's some factors that might complicate it or filter it a okay. little bit. So let's let, let's just kind of go through then. So what do you think about this idea of quiet quitting? I mean, I know you're, okay, you're so the boomer generation. I'm the very tail end of boomer. Meaning you're at the, the almost final the year. Next gener- 1964 is when I was born. It was the final year. And then year. the next one is Gen X? I don't know. That, I don't remember, remember these things. The generation after you, I think, is X. Okay. Then Melody okay. then would be Gen X. I would be Boomer. Okay. Yeah. So let's just for this, this, let me just state real clearly. I'm on the workaholic side. I probably don't have enough work-life balance. I never have. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the idea of quiet quitting to be, Makes me want to puke. <laughs> like, I just can't even imagine that. Like, who would want to quiet quit? I mean, what would be motivating about that? For me, getting things done and, and, and living for my passion and uh, helping people and, live, you know, succeeding in ministry, I have been unhealthily driven at times on that side of things. So for, for me, this is so foreign and I want to caution myself from condemning it because that's my internal, like, what are you talking about? You, you know, you kids get off my lawn. What are you so lazy? I can't, like, that's the response of old man Jeff Leak. Okay. But I know that I haven't modeled health. And I know I watched my, my dad, and he didn't necessarily model health either. He was on the workaholic side as well. And so I, I don't necessarily want to pass down my workaholism to the next generation. Although I do hope people live for passion, for something that really counts, that giving them giving themselves to something that really matters. Um, but I don't want to necessarily um, apply my prejudices to work hard, work hard, work hard, because I know that I probably was on the other end of the spectrum. But when I, spectrum, but I want to hear the pendulum swing to quiet quitting. I'm like, man, oh man, that's that seems that sounds bad to me, but I'm not I'm not ready to overreact to it. Okay. So, can I give you some concerns? Sure. So, and, and if so now that I just made that dis- disclaimer, yeah, I'm a workaholic by nature. I tend to I need the emphasis on healthy practices. I bought a Jeep because it helps me, deep, you know, kind of take a break and get out and enjoy life. I have a dog, so I can take walks. I I'm always working towards to find the things that keeps my soul healthy take Sabbaths and make sure that I spend time with God. But being healthy emotionally and spiritually and relationally is a discipline for me because I could let my achievement-driven goal orientation take over my life. If you, however, are quiet quitting and it has become a way of leaning back in life, 
I think that has the potential of being bad for your character. So let's just talk about the character impacts. First, there is a matter of integrity. Like you need to be a person that when you make a promise, you fulfill it. And if you're being asked to do a certain job and you're not really fulfilling that job and you're sort of sneaking your side hustle or just certain entertainments or pleasures or distractions or video games or whatever on the side. And you know, when you wake up every morning that if your boss understood how you were actually spending your day, that they would probably not be very happy with that. That's an integrity issue. And I think that's a matter of personal moral compromise. If you are actually not being true to your word. So you've been given an assignment and you're not doing that simply because you can get away with it. That that's going to have devastating effects on who you are. Okay, so let's let's pause there for a second. Yeah. So the reaction to that, I, I, I know several reactions. One okay. one would be, well, they're asking me to do something that they're not fairly compensating me for. Like I, I'm getting the bare minimum. This is the part of the response. I'm getting the bare minimum done. Like they're asking me, I'm at least doing that. And like they're not paying me so much that I should really bust my butt. So why should it matter if I'm doing what you just said? Okay, so it, it's all a matter of what's negotiated with your supervisor. If your supervisor has told you, I don't really care how you spend your time as long as you get X done, then you have the freedom to do what you've been contracted to do whenever you got hired. If, you're, if your employer said, look, I'm going to give you flexibility, but I'm counting on you to do it this way. Like, I'm not going to check in on you, but I'm expecting you to do this. And here's what I can afford to pay you. And if you don't like this arrangement, then don't take the job. So if you if you understood the arrangement, the pay, the expectations, and the work rate that you were expected to put in, and then you're doing less than that just because you can get away with that, that's a character issue. So can I can I expand expand on what you're saying? Yes. So what if it's like your boss hasn't necessarily clearly communicated that, but you know they probably expect you to be putting in forty hours, but you're not necessarily putting that in. If your conscience so you're getting it done. If your conscience is bothering you. Like if you feel like, I don't know if I should be doing this on work time, you should probably ask. I know you don't want to know that answer because that means you might lose some freedom, but I think you should probably ask. Mm-hmm. Now, let me give you a couple of Proverbs. This, as we were talking about, thinking about this subject, Proverbs 30 verse eight says this, keep deception and lies far from me. Mm-hmm. And then it says, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. Okay, so here we have a balance. I don't want to necessarily be driven to the point where I have to have riches because that's not healthy and I can become owned by and wealth and accomplishment can become my idol. Um, But I also don't want to be slovenly and lazy and end up in poverty. But God, I I want to show up every day and get the portion that is rightfully due me, but without in any way being deceptive or functioning in a way that would be dishonest. And so I think that there's something here that is a biblical principle. And here's the deal. Like, okay, here's another parable. Jesus says, if you are faithful in the little things, you can be trusted with much. But if you're unfaithful in the little things, then you can't be trusted at all. And so God is looking at your work rate, your faithfulness to what you've been assigned to do. He is actually looking for stewardship. Are you using your time well? talents well, resources well. And if you are, then He in heaven rewards your life, not just for this moment, but for eternity. So there is something at stake that's more than just your work-life balance and more than just your personal fulfillment. It is that you don't look back on your life and say, I coasted 
when I could have been investing my things in my life and things that matter that have now produced in, in my life a, a, an eternal reward so that I don't look back with regret and say, man, I wasted a lot of time playing video games. Man, I, if I had taken that, if I had taken that, and I know that sounds very much like an old man example, playing video games, because <laughs> <laughs> you could say the same thing about watching TV or any other pastime that sure. is a distraction. But if, if you... It, Will you have a regret when you stand on the other side of eternity that you, what is this called? That you quiet quit. Well, one, one day when you when you are getting your reward in heaven, will you look back and say, "Yeah, man, I spent a lot of time coasting when I really could have been doing something intentional that 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 laid up eternal value for me." But the ar- argument would be, well, I'm I'm quiet quitting, not necessarily so that I can play more video games, although that might happen, but. It's so that I have more time for what's important to me, time with family or time... Okay, that's a good question. What's important to you? What's important to God? So have you checked this with God? Like, is God good with this? Like, is it just you? Is it how you're measuring your work-life balance and your health? So what what is important to God in this sense? Okay, that's a good question. Well, what is important to God? Is that... So the quiet quitters in the world, have they asked that question? But uh, can, you, can you give us some clarity for this? Because I know that it, there's, an, there's an individual component where you have to ask about every situation, but give us some general principles about what matters to God when it comes to work-life balance and your work ethic and quiet quitting and all this kind of stuff. So he, first, he wants your heart. So more than anything else, he wants you to be spending time with him. And he wants you to prioritize him in your life. That's, that's the first thing. Second, I think he wants your gifts, your time, talent, your treasure. He wants you to be a good steward of it. So can you be a good steward and coast? You know, steward is where I'm managing something that's been entrusted me for a season. I've been given this time. I've been given these talents. I have been giving this amount of money that I have, uh, the relationships that I have, the opportunities I have. Am I stewarding it well that at the end of the day, I can say, I maximized what you put in my hands, God, so that I reproduce what you wanted in life. So, so are you giving your heart, your time, your energy, your passion, your treasure to God? Are you stewarding what you've been given well, your opportunities, your talents? Well, um, is a second thing. I guess then, in the process of stewarding it well, am I really healthy is a good question. Am I, am, I, am I wanting to be a good steward and be fruitful in my life for the right reasons? Am I trying to prove something to myself or, or to God? Am I somehow thinking that if I do more, I'll be worth more in God's eyes? Am I, am I taking the Sabbaths that I need? Am I investing in my family like I need to? But typically, when you start to think about investing in your family, this is not easy. As you are now knowing as a new dad, taking time to pour into your family is not coasting. Like, that's not quite coasting. I'm pouring time into my son or my daughter or my family or my wife. That's not coasting. That's just stewarding another relationship. Anytime you're coasting, see, I actually think there's resting and there's working, but I don't see anything in the scripture about coasting. (laughs) Coasting says I'm taking my foot off the gas pedal. So I'm either full tilt into rest mode because I'm trying to get stronger and I'm Sabbathing and I'm pulling away to be with God or be with my family and fulfilling a priority on that end, or I'm working because this, what I'm doing is matters, is important, and I want to succeed in my life so that I can take what, what I've been given and use it well. I don't see a coasting Biblically, it's like, how can you put push cruise control and say, 
I'm just going to chill through life and be a good steward. I don't think that matches with we only have so many seconds that we live here on earth and we want to be a good steward of our time and resources. Coasting is not really something that is a part of that equation. So can I can I clarify? <laughs> so you're you're talking about you're talking about when you're working, you need to be working as hard as you possibly can. If you're being a good steward of your time, so okay. I'm trying to think if this would apply in all situations, in all jobs that you might have. But yeah, I think you're supposed to. Let, let me okay. Let me pull up another scripture verse. Do you? How, how do you think? Is there an opportunity to not work as hard as you can? No, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just I'm just asking you. I want to. Well, so give me the argue, counter argument that it's okay to be an employee in a company and not work as hard as you can. I I, I don't think you're going to think what I'm going to say is that biblical. But I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the counter argument. <laughs> okay, give me the, the counter argument is is this. My boss is is not treating me that well. They're they are a difficult person. They're not investing into me. They don't even check on what I'm doing. They're not adequately paying me. I haven't gotten a raise in forever. Um, they barely ever check in. The thing is not run that well. Why would let, let's even go corporation now? Um, I you know there's a lot there's this philosophy because I work for a corporation like let's say Amazon. Amazon is making billions of dollars. And they're barely compensating me a living wage if they are at all. Why would I bust my butt and work super hard for somebody that's not really investing the same into me? It's like an uneven exchange where you're busting your butt for a big corporation entity that's not actually giving the same back is is the idea. It's not reciprocated. So okay. I would me, rather keep my own life and my sanity rather than fully dumping myself into big tech, big corp, big whatever it is. Does that make sense? It, it does. That's the response. It does. Okay, and you're right. It is not biblical. But so let me explain. <laughs> let me give you the the. So here's what it says: Colossians three seventeen. Let's go real slow. And whatever you do, okay, let's just say let's define that. Whatever, whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the to God the Father through Him. So whatever you do, it says. You need to do this with, with all your heart. Okay, then it goes on to say, so this is now talking about, so you just described corporate greed and corporate America and how evil and oh my goodness. Okay, here's what it says at the end of Colossians. And by the way, you need to go back to a previous episode where we happened to talk about how in the Colossian church, there was um, a teaching that helped to end slavery in that city, which Colossia was the slave trade city in, in Turkey and Asia at that point. And some of the teachings in Colossians helped to, to end that. Mm. But there is this statement that's made even to slaves. Here's what it says. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in every respect, not only when they're watching, like those who are strictly people pleasers, but with a sincere heart fearing the Lord. So slaves, even when your master is not watching, so we could say employee, even when your employer is not watching, um, work hard for them. And then it says, um, do it with enthusiasm, not for people, but because you know you're going to receive your inheritance from the Lord as a reward. You're working for him, not for the man. So Christians are not ever working for an employer. They're actually working for God. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're working, if you're working for God, you represent Jesus in your work ethic. Yeah. 
And if you aren't working hard or you're not really doing what you've been assigned to do because you can get away with it, it's a poor reflection on your true master, which is the person of Jesus Christ. Even if nobody else knows about it. That's biblical. Yeah. So Colossians 4 says you can't base your work ethic on your employer because here it even says even if you're a slave, you prove your Christianity by the fact that you are, you're working through your master to your God. You're working through your employer to your God. And that doesn't mean that that's an excuse for workaholics or not having proper work-life balance. But I think whatever you do in word or deed must be intentional. So if you're resting to be healthy, be intentional about it and be upfront about it and negotiate it with those in your life, your employer and others. And if you're working, be intentional about it. And if you have time off, be intentional about it. And if you're going to spend your leisure on something, be intentional in how you spend your leisure. There is no place in the kingdom of God for coasting. I don't think, I, I can't imagine Jesus saying, I'm just, I'm just coasting. Years 31 and 32 of my life, I just sort of, it was high <laughs> pressure. Like Jesus raises up his 12 disciples and say, by the way, don't leave Jerusalem, but just chill for a little bit. You know, like you have a couple of years before you have to start the Great Commission. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine, you know, there is only a certain amount of time we have here on this earth and every moment that we have counts for something and it should, whatever we do should be done to glorify God, to use our gifts for his purpose, to be a good reflection of Jesus Christ, to spend our time well, while as, as stewards, to use our gifts well as stewards. And, and at the end of the day, to, to be able to say, I did my best. And then to look at times when we're grieving or we're stressed out or we've been traumatized and to take the necessary time off and steps to see a pastor or counselor or take some time to get along with God and pray in journal to be healthy. I don't think health and hard work are, are at odds with each other. I think we're always trying to come up with that balance. But I think maybe the quiet coasting value system is coming from a a lack of an eternal perspective on life, and we and I think it's another one of these problems that our culture is having, which is that we've put self on the throne and we're no longer ser- living to serve God. Yeah, every moment of every day is supposed to be designed as worship. So can you coast and worship? Can you coast and work? I mean, I think that's I think there's something inherently flawed in that for a Christ follower. Okay. Now, can you get away with it and, and, and be an okay human being and be nice to be around? Sure, I'm sure you can. I, I'm just not sure that it's going to produce in you Christ-like character, which if that's our goal as followers of Jesus, to be the most like Jesus we possibly can. What you see Jesus having in the rhythms of his life is time alone with the Father, where he was getting his soul healthy, and time active in work. And whatever he did, he did 100%. So, so Jesus doesn't model for us quiet quitting. Mm. He, he models for us 100% intentionality about being healthy spiritually and emotionally and also 100% engaged in the task at hand. Okay, so if that's, if that's the case... But you're talking to a boomer who loves to produce stuff. Yeah. And so I don't know, maybe I, I'm not, I'm not going to put myself up as the be-all and end-all. I would just say there's something about those Colossians chapter 3 passages that should speak into the situation a little I bit. I think it does. I, it's hard to argue with. I, I'm not, so for the record, I'm not 
you know, trying to be a proponent of quiet quitting. You haven't you haven't scheduled this podcast to just come out and tell me that's what you're yeah, doing on no, staff. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a proponent of that. But I think like I can empathize with where people are coming from, um, especially like okay, not necessarily with quiet quitting, but with the struggle to have a healthy work life balance. So it's okay. So for just an example of, of a a question, I know a lot of people will have. All right, so maybe I don't want to quiet quit, but I'm nervous that. If I'm trying to live the way that you're talking about living, which is full send, pedal to the metal, work as hard as possible, and then like rest, it's like, is that my whole life? Like, I work until I go to sleep, I go to sleep, I wake up, and then on the Sabbath, I rest a little bit, I go to church, I read my Bible, but it's just like, I am what I do. And because I think probably a lot of people have seen parents and loved ones and friends experience not just like burnout where they're like emotionally so what other things should be in there what does that mean okay so rest intentionally worship intentionally work hard intentionally what about so this, what this other is things are genuine in there? genuinely question this is this is because i think i agree with this side that i'm putting out how about just like time to enjoy life and you know spend time with family or friends and be able to relax because like whenever you think of focused time with God. It's it's almost I mean it it is rest, but it, it is it almost is a discipline to still push through and to read your Bible and to worship and you know, as opposed to I don't know, as opposed to playing sports or watching a movie with friends or going out to eat or doing you know, there's a lot of things that are okay, so non-essentials. Let me just describe my generation's worldview. Yeah. And what I think quiet quitting sounds like to me. Sure. And now you tell me if it's correct. Yeah. So my generation, this is the way, this is what I expected. Yeah. I, I left college. I got a job. I got up, I got up at an early hour every, every, every day at the same time I'd eat breakfast. I would spend an hour in, t- in prayer with God. I would go into the office and I would start my day. I worked my job as a pastor for a solid six to eight hours then I went home and had dinner, and then I spent time with family, I, sp- I played sports, and then I'd take days off where I'd have the whole day. I wouldn't have thought of taking six hours in the middle of a Tuesday because I could to go and hang out with my friends. Because Wait, what, what, that, what do you mean in the middle of a t- Like during a work day? Yeah. Well, that's not even what I mean. Well, it sounded like what quiet quitting is that because I have the freedom to hit my targets, I can actually on work time go and hang out and do other things. Right, because but, sure, okay, but well, but I'm not even saying okay. Like if you're working your if you're working your hours and then you close the computer and go home at night and don't think about your job and you have fun and and you take your weekends and you go golfing and you hang out and you're like okay, it, isn't that what people have always been doing? Why is that? Right, so let, why let me, is let me why is a healthy question. balanced life? Now, quiet quitting. Because quiet quitting sounds like I'm not totally putting my full effort into my job. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm doing other things. That is what that is. It's not not even necessarily I'm doing other things. It's that I don't want my work to be defined as... Well, what are they... If they're they're not really putting their full energy into their job, what are they doing during their work time? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Taking a nap, surfing on social media. Let's let's move past quiet quitting for a second. (laughs) Well, that is what the episode is about. No, no, no. All of my intensity is around that. My question, though, (laughs) my question is, if, if you are doing the opposite of quiet quitting or you're trying to 
like you were talking about working really hard no matter what anybody's watching and like busting your butt so that you show your by your integrity you know that you're a christian like how how do you like what is that appropriate balance like like as far as that way you don't slip into burnout or workaholism or cuz i i think what what the tension is is the opposite mentality of quiet quitting is hustle 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 build something big prove yourself like leave a legacy which like i i am definitely more on that side than the quiet quitting side as well yeah. um i'm not not at all trying to be a proponent but i'm just saying i think a concern for people who are wrestling through this concept cuz you're not wrestling through this you are no, very I'm, much i'm like, a, i'm a probably imbalanced yeah, sure. The, yeah. So you're, you're not even wrestling with this at all. But I'm saying if somebody's like, all right, I want to put my full self and full effort in, but how can I still be a human who enjoys my life? And how, how can I still have, like, is, is it okay to have boundaries? Is it okay to stop at five? Is Absolutely. It okay? I know. So, okay, quiet quitting or coasting and having boundaries and healthy rhythms, I don't see those two things as even related to each other. Okay. Even my generation had invented the term work-life balance uh-huh. wasn't in existence before my generation. Uh-huh. The boomers invented work-life, work-life balance. Uh-huh. I mean, there, there was a day in the, at the turn of the last century in the city of Pittsburgh where it was a major social change when legislation required only an eight day, eight hour work, work day. Factories used to work their factory workers 12 and 13 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And some of them were children. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. And so you have, you have uh, this history where, okay, it used to be six day work week. Then it became five, five day week work week. So the idea that you could even imagine work-life balance is a relatively new concept within the last 75 years. Sure. Quiet coasting is taking it to another level where you're not even working the 40 hours and you're not even working the five days and you do something on the side to make a little bit extra cash. Um, so the work-life balance thing is not new. I think it's something that my generation probably got caught up in the greed, drive for results, accomplishment, and then burned themselves out and broke their family and broke their marriage. And so I think work-life balance is healthy. Ending your workday at a particular time is a healthy thing. So, you know, some of the work-life balance things that we have at Allison Park Church, let me just remind our staff, because this is partly for the staff. We say, we don't. We want to make sure you have a, 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 at least one full day off every week, and we encourage you to take a Sabbath, which is different from that, which is your time to spend extra time in prayer as a spiritual leader and to be healthy in that way. We don't want you out more than two nights a week as a pattern. Maybe there's some weeks you'll be out three nights, but most of the weeks we want you out no more than two nights of the week. We want you to be with your family and be with your kids and spend time at home. And we expect that on your own time, probably in the morning hours, you're going to be spending time in prayer. Is that enough? Like from your perspective, is that enough boundaries? Yeah. Be at home at night. I think honestly, the, the take biggest... a full day off and take a Sabbath. I don't know that everybody takes their Sabbath. Well, I, another episode for the future that I would love to talk about it's how is how to take a Sabbath. And not just even how to take a Sabbath. I think there's actually a, a lot of controversy over is a Sabbath even. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that Jesus doesn't, you know, reaffirm necessarily. Yeah. Well, you it's, know. it's not meant to be something you do for God. It's meant something you do for yourself. Well, let's get into that but, in another but, okay. episode. Let right. me just describe my work life so that people who see, see me as a workaholic can understand my, my boundaries. 
I'm speaking out of this. So let me read a different translation of that same verse in Colossians. Today's Passion translation says, Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you were doing it for the Lord himself, not merely, merely for others. Be intentional. Put your heart and soul. Uh, for we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from the Lord that we serve. Okay, so here's my ha- habits. I get up really early and I start my, my life. At 6 o'clock at the, at the latest, spend time in prayer, get my workday started. I'm pretty much done with my workday at 3. So I don't sign out at 5. Mm-hmm. I sign out at 3. Right. I have accomplished most of my workday by 3 o'clock. Now, there's occasions where I have an evening commitment. Like last night, I had a Zoom call I was on for about a half an hour. When I'm done at 3, I go, I go work out. And then I keep my body healthy, and I have dinner, and I relax for a few hours, and I go to bed early so I can get up the next day and do it all over again. Are you not like checking emails and answering phone calls and stuff after no. 3? I'm I'm off. Yeah. Now, if I've had a lot of appointments and I am backlogged on email and I know people are waiting on answers for me, I might take 30 minutes like after dinner and sit down and crank out the basics that I have to do. And then I shut my computer and I, I rest. So, and I do that. And technically most weeks, I'm, I'm only out one night of the week yeah. in ministry. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm doing pretty well on establishing boundaries. But when I'm working... I'm 100% focused. Like during the day, I'm engaged, I'm making phone calls, I'm I'm responding, I'm trying to be timely with my communications, I'm preparing. But I I start early, I end early, and I take time to be off. Yeah. I think um, now, when you guys were younger, I did that same thing, yeah. except I had to take care of you all at night. Right. And I was way more tired. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had work boundaries, but I also had five kids who were under seven. Right. And I was trying to have a marriage. <laughs> and so there was a season when I didn't have a lot of personal time. I was going to your games and someone's concerts. And then I was chasing down this or that detail. And so when you have small kids, it feels very much like, when will I ever get a second for me? But now I'm almost an empty nester. Right. My life's great. <laughs> I have total boundaries. I so I've I've arrived at that. There are certain seasons in life when you have to work a lot harder at creating the space for yourself. But I don't think it's the work that's the problem. It's that you just have so many demands in so many different directions. But it's possible to have boundaries and to work healthy and to have a Sabbath and do all the things that you need to do to be healthy, but then when you work, don't have a apathetic, I don't really care, I'm just working for the man. You know, this doesn't matter to me. If it gets done, it gets done. That's no big deal. They're just going to have to deal with it. Or else I know they can't replace me because they can't get employees right now, so I'm just going to chill. That's a lack of integrity, and it's not living with intentionality. It won't be good for your character, and it, and it isn't really using your time and being a steward of your gifts well. So I think you need to just be intentional with whatever you're doing. I think that's part of the lesson. I don't know if that answers the question. No, I think it does. I, I, I think <clears throat> I think ultimately there's, so I'll just talk about my generation. My generation has polar opposites in that either you tend, it seems like either you tend to borderline like trend towards workaholism and it's like every day you're flying and I mean, I know people like that, and they really almost never take a day off. And when it is a day off, it's a really terrible day off. They're not rested. 
and I will see their emotional tanks draining. Or I, I see the other side, which is a lot of people that are really trying, you know, it's such an emphasis on work-life balance that it's like, I think you're at the very least coasting. I, yeah. I'm not even thinking about it. Well, it's work-life work life balance with a need to balance with more work. Right. Uh-huh. Well, yes. you tend to think of work life balance like you need to work less because you're working too much. But there are actually some people who are not working enough. Yeah. And it's actually made your life lethargic. And yes. part of the reason yes. why you're discontent is not because you're working too hard, it's that you don't have any purpose and you're living for nothing and you're just spending your life on things that are just going to. It's like, you know, fading away like an into a mist. Yes. Because your goal is to keep from having to be under pressure rather than to live for something purposeful. I think the goal is, And you may be in counseling and dealing with mental health issues because your life lacks something to live for. You don't have meaning. And so if you start to have meaning in your life and purpose, and you're waking up every day because... So, like, I love this story of Jess. She's at the Deer Lakes campus, and when she heard about... um, So she, she is given the privilege by her husband to not have to work because his income is enough to take care of the family. So she works only because she wants to, and she's a massage therapist. And when she heard about the Daughter Project, which helps women for human trafficking, she decided to work her entire year and to take all the proceeds from her massage therapy business to give it away to help human trafficking. She earned $30,000 that year and gave it away. So every day she went to work using her gifts and talents to be able to make a difference, to rescue people out of... She said to me, this is one of the most meaningful years of my life. So her work was because it had meaning and value behind it. So maybe the reason why you feel so sucky about your job or your daily life is because you don't have enough purpose in what you do every day to make you say, okay, I have to stop. Like, I'm so enjoying this, and I know I'm making such a difference that I probably need to take take a break from this so that I can rest myself. That's how you're supposed to live, yeah. where you have such purpose for what you do every day that someone has to make you want to stop sure, so that you can be balanced. But if you're just living apathetic and lethargic, and I don't really care, and I'm working for the man, and they're just going to take my money and my work and abuse me with it anyway, and boy... That's a recipe for being miserable. I think I think the focus when you're in that sort of lifestyle is less, even that's less the conscious thought. That's the reasoning for why you don't work as hard. It's more like, man, I want to live for memories. I want to travel. I want to have good food. I want to do fun things. But what I've what I've realized and seen with, with a lot of people is that only lasts, like that, that sense of fulfillment from that really gets old fast. I think that's what leads a lot of young adults to sort of being like wandering and they're not in anything long term and they're just not that happy. Maybe their mental health is, isn't that great. And you would term it as purposelessness. They would they would probably say, I'm living because I want to live life and get the most out of it. But I think But that I mean, is one of these self things. You yeah, know, we talk right, about, right. So there's a time to ha- you have travel the world and be on vacation and see things and explore things and have experiences. That's great. Yeah. But the moment you get a child you're now living for something else. Right, yeah. Okay, every minute of every day. Yeah. This is part of the reason why people put off even family is because it is so demanding. The moment you get married, you're living for something beyond sure. yourself. Sure. The moment you say, I want to follow Jesus. Actually, though, what Jesus says is, if you try to save your life, you lose it. But if you give it to something, if you give it to him or some other purpose, you gain what real life is. So eventually you get bored with traveling the world and having new experiences and hanging out with your friends and going and getting the latest food from the nicest restaurant. 
and you want to say, there's got to be something more to me than this. There's something inside of us that is born to sacrifice for a cause, whether that's your son or your daughter or some missional activity. Um, you know, you're at, you don't really find fulfillment in life until you find your cause. And part of your cause should be your family, but part of it has to be beyond that. And and there are the, the episodes where we travel the world and have these great experiences are wonderful memories we do create, but you can't do that. Anybody that's doing that into their 70s, and that's all they've done with their life, is probably interesting to have a dinner with, but probably a bit boring. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of my life, the legacy that I have is what I've sacrificed for. My legacy is what I've invested in. Yeah, And so the, the lethargy... And the apathy that comes with coasting is just not good for you. And, and maybe the, what you really need is not more work-life balance. You might need more meaning and purpose. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? I just hope that I wasn't too, like, I know that I went hard at this because it <laughs> sort of triggered me. So like boomer trigger warning. What do they, what do they say? What, okay, boomer. Oh, yeah. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so... I tried to be biblical, but of course you got my passion with that as well. And if and if I if you disagree with my emphasis on this, I understand that I am at the other side of the pendulum and need someone often to talk to me about getting that that balance. Although I think in my fifties I've hit a little better space. I think you have to. Yeah, I think you have to. From a any final thoughts for you? No, I I, I mean. <sighs> I think I think that if somebody is listening to this and they're really struggling with that feeling of frustration about their own apathy or about their job, they feel like they're in a dead end job or like life just isn't they're not sucking out the the best of the life that they want. I do think that there actually is a remedy which is working a little harder and finding something else to invest some time into that's meaningful. Yeah, that's change your career, ourselves. find another job, find purpose, talk to someone about knowing what your gifts are, you know, keep the job you have. Don't just jump out of it, but maybe you need to, if you're not in the place you need to be, maybe that's part of the journey. Find something you don't feel like you have to coast in all the time. Find something you really enjoy doing with your life. I think, I think if, if, if you can find something meaningful, that makes a difference that you can invest two, three, four, five hours a week in every single week you're investing into it. It's, it's life changing. Yeah, I really do. So anyway, Uh, Hopefully this was helpful to you. Thank you again for joining us. As always, we would just love to encourage you to follow our YouTube channel, you know, like and subscribe. You can share this on social media. Again, you can always leave us a five-star review. We would love to give you a shout out. Um, And we're just thankful that you chose to sit in today, wherever you're listening. So hopefully you have an amazing day. We'll catch you guys again next time.